Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Greetings, comrades. And welcome to the Eastern Border. Today was um, a bit of a low-intensity day on the front lines, a bit of an operational pause. Even Gherkin says it, it was this way. However, well, as it's Friday and Gherkin's back in Moscow, oh boy, I just had another glorious two-hour run of his nonsense. And this time it was extra interesting because, well, he had invited a colonel with him, an ex-Russian army colonel, who... Um, who was one of those guys, if you've listened to my 2019-2020 episodes, who had joined with that ultra-radical orthodox sect, which was even dismantled by the FSB, because they called out to, for Putin to be pushed away and someone more properly Russian, i.e. more radical, and, uh, you know, more eager to do proper battles would be installed instead. Well, they spoke, about, they spoke a lot about how, um, how this whole situation went down, and we'll get to that, but before that, here's, um, here's some news. First of all, there were, without you know any surprises here, mass graves found in Izium. About 400 dead have been exhumated, and uh, an unknown number, because their body parts there from 17 to 25, um, military also, for, also found there. We've seen mass graves, and um, yeah, apparently... Apparently, under gunpoint, basically, Russian soldiers had forced uh, people in the occupied territories, the ones who disappeared and went to basement, as per my last episode, to go and go and dig them as well. Of course, Russian nationalists on Telegram responded to this in the most kind and nice way possible, with the phrases like, they deserved it, they were murdering Russian children, fuck them, and how, man how many of ours did they kill in Kherson, and all that stuff. It's the butcher response all over again. They will not be persuaded with any evidence. They are totally heartless, and they celebrate these murders. They openly celebrate them, and anyone who basically now, at this point, states that this is some sort of individual case, and that the majority of Russians are against the war, yeah, I, um, I kind of don't buy that anymore, really. Meanwhile, in, in Luhansk People's Republic, because of Ukrainian strikes, their, uh, their chief... Um, the chief prosecutor has been exploded, which is nice. And there was another airstrike in Kherson, where in the administration building during a meeting, another Ukrainian missile struck. 
and some some locals who worked in the occupation administration also uh, were killed. There's another aid package for Ukraine from the United States worth $600 million, which is really nice. And uh, at the same time, the United States, together with EU, also have included Ramzan Kadyrov, his three wives and four kids, in the sanction list. In total, in the new sanction list, uh, there's 40 Russian people and 30 Russian companies in there. Also, United States have prohibited export to the Russian Federation in any quantum quantum calculating technologies, and uh, have threatened to, to have threatened si- secondary sanctions to anyone who wants to help Russia expand their own card network Mir, besides uh, besides their own country. Meanwhile, the Nuclear Council stated the have stated and made a resolution demanding Russia take out their troops from the territory of, of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant and uh, to cease all activities against, uh, against any other Ukrainian nuclear object. Apparently, everyone uh, except, of course, Russia and China in this council voted for this resolution. Russia also got a red flag in uh, their, safety, uh, in their safety rankings from the International Civil Aviation, Aviation Organization. Besides Russia, only Bhutan has this red, red flag mark, which means they're flying with their planes is really dangerous. And I really don't know what, um, what Bhutan did to earn this situation. Meanwhile, Russia, apparently, you know, I spoke about the elections yesterday, how they were stolen and everything. Well, some people went in and protested in these elections by just going into the ballot box and writing no to war or anti-war slogans on, on, the, on the ballots during this three-day voting there. And a lot of them have received fines and, and some have been even, you know, sent, uh, sent to 15, 15 nights in jail for their uh, discreditation of the Russian army. Now, I don't, I don't know if uh, those Russian people understand this, but... Um, you know, if you write something on your secret ballot, which is supposedly anonymous, as a form of protest, and then you get fined or, or prosecuted for it, yeah, that just um, quite obviously clearly shows how anonymous and totally legit all this voting apparatus was. So, that's kind of interesting. There is a low-key fighting still going on in, in, in Kherson, Oblast, and, and all these all these other areas, but there haven't been any um, major breakthroughs. What the Ukrainians are doing right now is basically they're pushing on pushing on some stress and and not allowing Russians to regroup, while the Ukrainians regroup regroup themselves until they get properly armed. And I suspect I suspect we will see more more Ukrainian assaults and offensives in the in the upcoming days. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Kremlin's Ministry of Defense have stated that, uh, quote, if the United States decide to supply Kiev with longer-range missiles, they will cross the red line and become a direct party to the conflict. Now, I would like to remind everyone that this is about, like, eighth, maybe ninth, uh, this red line that Russia threatens the West with. First was heavy weaponry, uh, then, you know, no, no-fly zone still hasn't been created, but probably probably will be at some point if this continues since I'm counting this and uh, you might you might call me a bit biased but uh, everyone on the pro-russian telegram the same that well glorifies the murder of Ukrainian civilians they uh 
they basically have made these red lines a meme already by this point, since nothing is being done with these red lines. And about this, by the way, includes today's airstrikes as well, while the strikes against the officials in Luhansk and Kherson, since, as you remember, uh, I reported that the Russian side was extremely angry about the fact that the Russian side did not strike with missiles at Zelensky. Now, whether or not that, that's just incompetence, which is quite likely, or it's because they have nothing with the capability of doing so, now, that's a different question. But so far, the whole tumult between, in the pro-war Russian telegram channels continue with great vigor. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't think if, if any coup happens or, or where this dissolution of the Russian Empire, as I like to call them, uh, starts, it, it probably won't be from any democratic or, or liberal movements. I think that'll happen when um, these whole generals and pro-war idiots get angry enough. But today, today's been a bit of a slow day, so um, I'm going to move on to the star of, of this episode because, oh boy, whenever Igor Girkin gets his completely crazy buddies on, on, on everything that he wants to do, then things... Uh, get really interesting. First of all, I have to say that um, copium levels have reached uh, maximum saturation. You see, even today on Russian TV channels, apparently they've started praising the Ukrainian general that uh, was organizing all this counteroffensive in Ukraine. They, they called them on the levels of Napoleon today, on the same Solovyov show, which recently called for a grand coalition of Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba... North Korea and Iran and Russia being formed um, to to win this war for Russia, obviously. But yeah, today today they apparently praised um, the the magnificent genius of the Ukrainian general. Now, not to diss the the guy who's commanding all the situation from the Ukraine side, but uh, well, there have been news that um, this was a carefully planned operation together with Western military experts, and that there was a lot of coordination involved and and planning with the best of NATO as well. But you know, that 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 I think probably flew by um, flew by the the mainstream Russian propaganda audience since I really don't think they speak English, so might have missed that. But yeah, interestingly enough, they've decided to praise praise the situation and Girkin and his buddy, the totally crazy guy, today stated that uh, the biggest issue that Russia is facing in this war is apparently the fact that they're fighting against Russians, because they still don't believe any Ukrainians exist, with NATO weaponry. Because if it was NATO soldiers, then apparently the war would be over in a few hours. Since, and, and I love this part, I, I, tweeted, I tweeted part of it because... Uh... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Girkin's mad lad colonel body called NATO, and I quote, battle pederasts who can't fight properly. 
he stated that um, he would be very happy to see NATO mobilizing and joining uh, joining the war because they wouldn't be able to do that because upon mobilization, NATO would fall apart since NATO soldiers can only fight with joysticks with their drones and not like real men. I, I found this extremely hilarious since... Since this just kind of shows how much stock they are in their World War II tactics and World War II kind of plans. I mean, horrible, horrible NATO meanies, you know, cheating by uh, using weapons and technology instead of instead of fighting with uh, rocks and stones like real men, or uh, even even recruiting recruiting, you know, convicted prisoners to do the fighting fighting for them. That's kind of crazy because again they commented on this whole action of um, recruiting prisoners which they basically stated that well yes this is of course happening and this could be this could be good if done properly but um, apparently a lot of these um, in, in the mafia circles in the bratwa these guys who actually do join the russian army yeah a lot of them don't get paid and uh, realistically speaking they don't have any chances of survival because they will get shot no no one's gonna let them go free anyways if they don't die in these six months. And they're being um, called into Russian armed forces by being told that, you know, after six months, if you if you survive, you'll get amnesty, and that your chances of survival are quite high. By the way, apparently in the video that I see, that I saw, and that these Girkin and this other guy were spreading around, they're being told that uh, 40 Zex, you know, these prisoners went into the Ukrainian rear and apparently cut with knives 40 of them and only three died and one of them was really old so you have good chances they're also being threatened by by the fact that um if they even look at the wrong direction they'll be shot for deserting yeah you know and at the same time they're just uh, <laughs> they're just kind of claiming in the same conversation that Russia is currently at war with the with all of the West and all the weaponry and whatever yet yet you know all of NATO countries and NATO soldiers are just a bunch of pussies literally I mean I, I really don't understand how people could put these kind of controversial things in the same sentence because whether or not you know whether or not NATO has the technology, but we don't. We, we don't have real men. I, I don't. I think that the, this image that these ultranationalists, that Girkin and uh, Vladimir Kvachkov, yeah, that I, I just double checked uh, Girkin's buddy's Girkin's buddy's name. They kind of have to be this way. They they have to admit that NATO technology is superior and and nice, but now they're blaming it because it's in the hands of these true Russians who have been just misguided by the West. True. Like like these Ukrainians, they're misguided by the West. But if if Russia would be fighting any other country with NATO weapons, they'd probably win because you know it's just that by sheer coincidence that these really good NATO weapons are in these are in, are in the hands of actually Russian people, which is why they're all so brave and stuff, and, and and led by this really really great general. This is another way of basically coping with this, and it reminded me a lot. You know, all this war kind of reminds me of the Russo-Japanese War. But this is just kind of a fine example where you can see how the enemy is weak and pathetic and extremely strong and evil at the same time. And sounds kind of weird where these people don't even understand that it's a it's a situation where they, they can't it can't be both, but it is for them. And tomorrow I'm gonna to have a bit of an event uh, talking talking about a little bit of public event in Latvia. What am I gonna speak about all this kind of 
culture of the glorious past that, that Russia is having right now. Because everyone who's like super pro-war and everything, they're mostly men in their 40s and 50s who've, who look back to the glorified Soviet Union. To them, the West, they don't understand the West. They can't conceptualize the world has changed. And if you, if you listen to my talk with, um, with Alexander, then, then you know that they're, they're staring at the past even further and, and deeper than the rest of us ever have. Now, tell you what you want about the Soviet Union, you know me, and I am not a fan of the USSR, but even it had a progressive ideology, such as it was, but they focused on the now, on the future. In their propaganda posters, there were always pioneers and young kids and young men and building something new and better for everyone. Right now, the current Russia's Putin's regime, they can't build anything. They can only focus on past glories, and even those are strictly imaginary. They can only call names. Call names at people who actually try to build something. And they truly, obviously, they underestimate the, the NATO soldiers and everything. And I, I highly recommend you go and check out my episode from February 2018, where this private warfare group Wagner was decimated by American soldiers in... Um, in Syria, since Prigozhin's, uh, Prigozhin's private army back then wanted to wanted to assault a oil field, and you know, just uh, there happened to be you know uh, Kurdish soldiers with American allies over there, and it was just a massive bloodbath. I wonder if they ever learn. And yeah, Girkin still continues to state that all of this that's happening is going to lead to destruction of Russia unless Russia really mobilizes and pushes for war and some. Deep changes happen there. And with that, I agree with Girkin. Sadly, sadly, I know that... Uh, well, sadly for Girkin, that is very happily for me. I know that that's not going to happen. We will see some smuta, or times of troubles, once again. The thing is, it better happen before... Before there's even more massive loss of life in Ukraine. That's it for today. And remember, happiness is mandatory. And if you like the show, please continue. Please consider becoming our patron on patreon.com slash the eastern border. Or, you know, follow us on Twitter at eastern underscore border. In our profile there, there's this little link that leads to our patron. The same is on our Facebook page, by the way, if you find us. Or if you want to give a one-time donation for the winter clothing for Ukraine, because we probably won't manage for the drone. We've, we've gotten some donations, but now we're, we're being asked because we were contacted by the St. Javelin organization, which I'll shares as soon as they start their campaign. They're gathering uh, funds for uh, winter clothing for Ukrainian soldiers, and half of this is going to go to Kharkiv Oblast too, by the way. But, you know, we're doing some charity work, which is going to get delivered as soon as I get to Ukraine. I also reached out. Apparently, there's now a, a corporation in Ukraine that helps out foreign journalists. I sent my application there, so we'll see about that. Overall, uh, a lot of work awaits me further on this September, and I thank you for your support. It keeps me alive and, and fed and allows me to do this full-time. And uh, honestly speaking, I I really don't know how I would be able to produce these podcasts if it, if it wasn't for your support that actually allows me to work full-time, since I already barely sleep. I finally got some sleep last night, which already I feel was a bit too much, since I have a lot of research to do. So thank you for all your support. And again, remember, happiness is mandatory.